What's up and welcome back to Real College Talk. My name is Morgan Heath Powers. And I'm Nikhil Numburi. Real College Talk is your destination for honest and relevant college and post-secondary conversation. This week we have with us Lindsay Davis. Uh, she is the director of the Hunt Scholarship Program at SMU, Southern Methodist University. And uh, we're going to jump right back into to some of our questions about college admissions. Morgan? Yeah, let's let's hop right back in. If you haven't listened to part one, go ahead and go back to, to that episode and give it a listen. But let's jump right back in. And, and Lindsay, I know you work with college students all the time and you see their experiences all day long. Um, I would love to know, like, what, what do you think is the best way for students to make the most of their college experience, um, whether they're at um, you know, a bigger private or public school is on to make the most of that experience. Yeah, so I have a, a kind of mantra on this one, and it's say yes until you need to say no. Realize is <laughs> very, um, yes, kind of contradictory, but really I think that there is this balance between pursuing new opportunities, being open-minded to things, um, but also like we've, you know, talked about already, knowing when you need to step back and take some time for yourself. Um, but I always tell students, who come to my office, you know, maybe they came to college with a four-year plan and that four-year plan starting to change and so they're feeling very defeated and kind of want to know what to do. I always tell students that plans are terrible, horrible things that get in the way <laughs> of you kind of living your best life. Like wow. goals are fantastic. You sh everyone should have goals, but those goals should be broad enough that there are multiple pathways you can take to get to those goals. If you focus too much on your plans, on how you're going to get to those goals, I think that you often find yourself in the situation where you have blinders on. You could miss a really, really cool opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, like let's say, for example, that you know you wanna to go to med school after graduation. Um, so you don't major in pre-med, you major in something else and have your pre-med track on top of it. So there are a lot of different ways you could go about preparing yourself for med school. Um, so let's say a student came in, bio major, pre-med track. Um, but they are so focused on this bio major that when they take an anthropology class that they really love, they say, well, too bad, I'm, you know, I've got to be a bio major to go to med school. I, I can't enjoy that. And you could miss a really cool opportunity to get some awesome, you know, academic enrichment and fulfillment that's not going to derail you from your pre-med track. So I always say um, goals, not plans, <laughs> um, because I think that plans get in the way of life. <laughs> um, and nine times out of 10, they're not going to go the way that you set them up anyway. So like, why not have this broader, bigger goal and know that there are so many different paths you can take to get there. So I think keeping that mindset is crucial to finding fulfillment and success in college. Um, but I also think that there's this idea of, of self-awareness, um, knowing when you need to ask for help. Um, I think that today's college student is so hesitant to ask for help, again, with this kind of race for perfectionism that we've talked about. Um, but there's no shame in asking for help. And in fact, there's all sorts of research out there and kind of the leadership literature that says when one person asks for help, it gives other people permission to ask for help. And you actually end up creating a more supportive environment along the way. So um, that's an Adam Grant philosophy. He's one of my favorites. And um, his idea of, you know, creating this culture where it's okay and safe and normal to ask for help um, can be so beneficial. So that's something that I talk to the Hunt Scholars about a lot, you know, knowing yourself, knowing when to seek help, connecting with people um, who can help you and support you so that when you do face bumps in the road, when, you know, your plans do get in the way of your goals, you have someone there to support you. You don't feel like you're on an island. Um, and I think that regardless of the institutional size, there are ways to find that. If it's a bigger institution, I think your faculty are the best place to go first. 
um, because you know everyone is in a class <laughs> or you're RA if you're living on campus like there's some really natural people to go to first mm-hmm. regardless of the size of the institution big small in between um, so I think at, yeah knowing when to ask for help and focusing on your goals not your plans will allow you to remain open-minded um, and to set yourself up for the most fulfilling college experience. Yeah I, I definitely agree with that having you know again just finished first semester in college those resources are everywhere to get help. It's just a matter of whether or not you take it, right? Any, any yeah. higher education institution will have those resources available. And that doesn't necessarily just apply to college either. I know in my high school experience, I use my teachers, my counselors mm-hmm. as great advisors um, to, to help me sort out what I wanted to do moving forward, help set limits for me when I was pushing myself too hard, push me when I wasn't going hard enough. And it really allows you to to achieve your goals without getting stuck in that tunnel vision. I'm sure that that helps you determine what kind of students are are really prepared for college, really prepared for like their profession. So expanding this to like your role as the director of the Hunt Scholarship Program, what in particular characterizes both high school and college students that you work with who demonstrate the greatest academic and professional success? Gosh, I would say that the students who ask questions Mm -hmm. and who seek opportunities. So the active participant in the experience, Mm -hmm. I think, are the students who, regardless of preparation, are the ones who end up being the most successful. So like you said, these institutions all have resources. It's just a matter of seeking them out. Um, So you do have to be a little bit proactive. You do have to be a little bit entrepreneurial um, and, again, open-minded to each of these opportunities. But I think that the creative problem solver, the proactive, you know, we've talked so much about doing research to find the right college, but once you get to college, you have to kind of keep doing that research to find the resources, the activities, the majors, the classes that are the right fit for you. So I think being a, um, a continuous learner of college, in addition to learning in your classes, um, can really help, help, get, help students be successful. I'm so glad you shared that. I mean, you said yourself that you are a lifelong learner, and I think that that's that's something to hold true in in the classroom, but also to carry into our into our own lives, and especially with big decisions like this, and and planning out our careers and everything that comes with that. Um, it's so important to constantly be learning and and constantly be growing. Um, one one question that I do want to ask is, you know, around all the hype and all the fads surrounding college and college applications and the college experience in general. Um, is there anything that you think is overemphasized or underemphasized in the world of college? Like what should students really be paying attention to when it comes to higher education? Yeah, so um, I'm probably going to get myself in trouble for saying this, but um, I learned more in college when I wasn't in class than when I was in class. <laughs> um, so some of that was through the organizations that I joined and, and eventually led. Uh, but other parts of that just came from talking to people who were different than me and, and learning from them and, and finding people who would challenge my own perspectives. And so um, there was nothing more satisfying to me than when I could take something that I had done outside of class and actually apply it to an in-class discussion. Um, Because those experiences that you have outside of the classroom are the ones that really do help prepare you for the real world. Um, Mm -hmm. When you're in class, you're learning how to think, you're learning how to analyze, you're learning how to write. And these are skills that are so, so important. Um, You're also getting the credentials that you need to perform certain jobs or go to certain graduate programs after you graduate. Um, But the best way to get real world experience 
when you're in college is through those outside of the classroom experiences. Um, and I mean, gosh, when I was applying for jobs, I remember saying to, you know, the career center at TCU, I was like, okay, so I had some nonprofit internships when I was in college, but can I put panel and president on my resume and count that as work experience? And she was like, yes, as long as you can articulate actual skills that you took away from that, mm -hmm. of course, go for it. Like, you don't have any real work experience. You're 22 years old. And I really didn't. Like, I interned at nonprofits and that was about it, um, which was very cool. And I'm glad I did it. But like, I could talk about managing large budgets and large teams when I was talking about being panelistic president in a way that nonprofit unpaid interns just like I, I couldn't, you know. Yeah. Um, I think that capitalizing on the real world experience you can get from getting involved outside of the classroom is a super super valuable experience. Um, yes, because I mean, gosh, we give college students crazy amounts of responsibility in these student organizations. So like, take it and learn from it and and wow. use it to help set you up um, for what you're gonna do after class. Um, another thing I would say, um, and again, this is going to be a little bit hypocritical because I'm now obsessed with keeping a 4.0 in grad school because I'm a crazy person, but grades do not matter as much as students think they do. Um, try to focus on learning the content. Um, when I, you know, was thinking about this question, I thought of, of two Hunt scholars in particular who are, one of them is learning Arabic and the other is learning Chinese. Um, so one's an Arabic minor, one's a Chinese minor. The Arabic minor is not Arabic, the Chinese minor is not Chinese, like they just wanted to learn a new language. Um, and both of those students have told me that those are their hardest classes, their lowest grades, and their most favorite classes to go to each week, um, because they're learning so much content. Um, and I think that that really says something. Um, both of these students have said, you know, gosh, these professors are tough, the class is tough, but they're my favorites. I look forward to going to this. Um, so I think that really focusing on kind of what you're actually getting out of the class other than the grade that's ending up on your transcript um, is an important mental shift. And also just recognizing that your professors are people. Um, I know everyone says, go to office hours, go to office hours. And you're like, yeah, fine, whatever, I'll do that. Um, when I was in college, I would make up a question to go ask the professor in office hours if I didn't yeah. actually have a question, <laughs> um, just so I would have a reason to go in there other than to say like, hi, my name's Lindsay, I'm in your class and I'm the giant nerd who shows up 20 minutes early and sits in the front row in the center every day. Like, I would come up with these questions to ask them. Um, so there's nothing wrong with that. As long as it's an intelligent question, go and ask. Once you get in your professor's office, ask them about their research. Learn what they do when they're not teaching. Um, these faculty are doing awesome, awesome things. Um, so yeah, get to know them. Get to know what they're doing. They're going to have amazing connections to share with you too. So I think that really working on those, those relationships um, and those kind of, and again, meeting with a professor outside of class, that's when you're not in the classroom, right? That's another one of these real world experiences you can have that's gonna be very value added um, while you're in college. Yeah, and as we start to, to wrap up here, high school students looking into what their college experience are gonna, is gonna be or college students who are currently experiencing college, there are a lot of different issues and problems that they're going through. Are there any things you would like to share or any questions they should be asking that uh, will really help them make the most out of a the high school uh, college application process and college as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. I would say the first step is knowing yourself <laughs> um, and knowing what your goals are. Again, goals not plans, um, and what you want to get out of this. I think that you know a lot of stress on today's you know young adults, so to speak, um, is very self-imposed. There is no one out there in your high school and your college and an admission office who is expecting you to be perfect. Um, 
yeah, so we're talking <laughs> goals, not plans, and excellence, not perfection, right? We're going to mm. set things really, really clear here. Um, but I think that I've definitely watched this change over time. I think that students are getting more stressed out. Um, I know as a, as a millennial, I was part of the everyone gets a trophy generation. And so my generation <laughs> just expected things to be handed to us. And they're yeah. like, what do you mean I didn't get that scholarship? I yeah. should get the scholarship. This is part of this, like, in order to win this trophy, I need to run three marathons blindfolded and backwards generation, which is totally the opposite of mm -hmm. how I grew up. And I think that colleges and universities are really having to shift to learn how to best support you guys as a generation. Um, so I think that, you know, you know the values of hard work and the values of, you know, the value that comes with achievement, but I think that there's this, this balance to it. Um, and, you know, I'll also say millennials are really good at fun. Um, we definitely know about fun. Um, but I find that students have a really hard time telling me what they do for fun. Um, I'll meet with the stressed out hunt scholar That's and really interesting. I'll say, you know, what have you done for fun this week? And they're like, well, I went to Student Senate on Tuesday and Student Foundation on Wednesday. And then I met with my group project for my, you know, disc class on Thursday night. And I'm like, okay, but what did you do for fun? And nine times out of 10, they don't know how to answer the question. So I have challenged these students and I continue to, it's gone to be a thing now, um, to find a hobby that they mm. purely enjoy just for the heck of it, for the fact that it's fun. Um, I also like tying this back to the admission process. If you have something that you truly do for fun, like maybe, I don't know, maybe someone like knits. I don't know. That's probably like an old grandma thing, but it also feels like a thing that a lot of hipsters could do now because that's kind of what has happened with society. Um, so let's say you knit. Um, what a cool thing to mention in a random college application essay or, you know, the question that's like, is there anything else you want to know about me? You could be like, hey, here's a fun random fact. Great conversation to have shows maturity that you're able to find a cool way to have fun that's relaxing for you and a de-stressor, um, but also shows that you're an interesting and substantive person. So um, even if it is purely for fun, you can still like spin it in a way that's helpful for you. Um, but I think that, yeah, finding those opportunities that truly bring you joy. Um, whether it's the school that you visit when you're walking around campus and like, I'll never forget one of my sister's best friends in high school. Um, she ended up going to University of Arkansas and she came back from the college visit and she said, I know I want to go to University of Arkansas because as I was walking around campus, all I wanted to do was turn cartwheels in the grass. And like, <laughs> that was the moment where she was like, this place just brings me joy. Um, so if you can find the college or university that just makes you want to turn cartwheels in the grass, go for it. Um, it doesn't matter what the ranking is. Um, it only matters if it will help you achieve your goals and if it makes you happy. So I would say try as best as you can to tune out all the noise around you um, and focus on, you know, the questions that you want to get answered um, and the research that you want to do to find the place that, that makes you feel that way. My mind is just like blown by all of the wisdom and cartwheels you have shared with us. And it's so funny you mentioned knitting. I literally set a New Year's resolution to learn how to knit. So I'm either a grandma or like a total hipster now. Um, but <laughs> I'll update you all soon. Um, <laughs> um, but Lindsay, like, I think our audience has so many takeaways from this. And I know for me, what I'm thinking about the most is like, to be creative and proactive like you're talking about, not only in college admissions, but also while you're in college and while mm. you're in school. And I think that's such a huge skill to bring into the professional world as well. I mean, yeah. you are continuing to be creative and innovative in your own line of work. And um, and we wish you the absolute best in your doctoral program. That is so exciting. And, <laughs> um, and I hope that our listeners just 
continue to stay tuned as to what you're up to and and bring that you know lifelong learning mentality um, with them as as they focus on their own education um, but Lindsay, we're so grateful to have you on. And um, are there, is there any other way that um, students can connect with you or they can connect with SMU, any way they can stay up to date on what's going on in Dallas? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I will warn you, I have a, a six month old baby. So my Instagram is very full of pictures of, of baby <laughs> Elliot right now. Um, but I am on Instagram. It's just at Lindsay Ray Davis. Lindsay awesome. is within AY. Um, and then the Hunt Scholars program is on Instagram now too. New thing, um, totally student run. So it's at SMU Hunt Scholars. Um, that's probably the, the easiest way to connect with us. Um, if you Google me, you'll find my SMU email address too. So that's um, certainly feel free to reach out. I have done, um, you know, some different kind of seminars and things like that working with high school students who just want advice I've had students ask me for reading lists before and I'm a big reader super into it so yes feel free to reach out connect um, if there's anything I can do to help thank you so much Lindsay this was awesome and I can't wait for our students to connect with you and apply all that you've shared today thanks Lindsay and uh, yeah. for everyone that's here uh, watching because Lindsay's from SMU uh, good luck if you applied to SMU or the Hunt Scholars Program. We know you'll do great. And thanks for sharing all of your wisdom. Of course. Thanks for having me, y'all. Thanks, Lindsay. We'll see you all next time. And in the meantime, keep it real. Keep it real.